The Red Wings uh, closed out the regular season, closed out the Joe Lewis Arena on Sunday night. They cleaned out their lockers yesterday and took the team photo and will now move on to a new era of Red Wing hockey as they open up Little Caesars Arena in the fall. Joining us now to talk about all of that is the longtime general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, and he joins us on the Troy Laser Hotline. It's Ken Holland with Jamie and Stoney on 97 won the ticket. Ken, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, good. No, no problem. Good morning. Good morning. Um, let's start with Sunday. It, it, was, it was obviously an emotional day, an emotional night. It kind of felt like a symbolic end of the, an era. You know, it's obviously the end of the building, but also kind of the end of the era. It did coincide, of course, with the end of the 25-year playoff streak. Uh, Mr. Illich passing away a couple of months ago. It, what, what was the day like for you? Well, I think you hit it. I, I mean, it was an absolutely incredible day. Um, I thought the fans made it incredible, their passion for, you know, really celebrating everything that had gone on in, in Joe Louis Arena um, over the last 30, what, 36, 37 years. Um, really kind of strange that it all coincided with Henry Zetterberg's 1,000th game. Uh, you think he joined the team in 2000 and three and has back surgeries misses games and he happens to have his last game ever or his thousandth game in, in joe lewis arena's uh, last game ever so it was sort of a surreal game it felt like a playoff playoff atmosphere and it really was a tribute that to the passion of our of our fans it surprised me that you weren't down on the ice with all the players and scotty and you know the support staff and everybody was that your decision it was. Um, they had asked me. I felt, you know, Jimmy D couldn't be here. He's not in town. And I felt that uh, looking at the people who were going to go down, really, it was a time to honor um, the people that were on that ice and, and around, you know, on the bench or uh, or on the ice. So uh, I made a decision. I felt that I, uh, if Jimmy D wasn't going to be a part of it, uh, I wouldn't be. Kenny Holland joining us uh, on the Jamie and Stoney Show. Now, we talked yesterday. This is odd for everybody in this town kids that are like you know 30 years old their whole life since they've been following hockey the Red Wings have been in the playoffs how strange is it that today we are talking to you and there's no game to look forward to uh very strange very disappointing you know I think it's it's the greatest time of the year uh for fans for players um the games are bigger than ever uh the weather's getting good uh the uh you know, the, the, the games go up another level of intensity. Uh, everybody understands it. It's an opportunity. You know, today's an opportunity for 16 teams to uh, try to win a playoff series, try to win a, go on a playoff run and win a Stanley Cup. For 25 years, we've had that opportunity. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been, a, I think it's been at least a month, you know, maybe longer that it's been, uh, I don't say obvious, but we had a lot of work to do and we could never put anything together to make a run at trying to get in. So, you know, you've, I think we've, we've all gradually come to the realization we weren't going to be a part of it. But now that today the playoffs are starting, it's, um, it's, you've got, you know, sort of like an empty hole in, in your stomach uh, if you're a hockey, Red Wings hockey fan because uh, it, it is the best part of the year. Now, Kenny, I know we, we, we always talk and we kid, we, we disagree about uh, the, the way to get back to where you were. But is this, I think this is almost a necessary evil, uh, not making the playoffs for at least one year, maybe even in longer, because you've always said this is a league of stars. You have to get stars. And the way you get stars is you have to get high draft picks. And so is this, unfortunately, a way that it has to be done? 
Well, getting high draft picks, getting high draft picks um, increases your odds. Uh, you, you know, if you look at the the history of, of the NHL draft, more of the, the best players and many of the best players are, are picked in the top five or top ten. So, yeah, you're but, – but at the same time, and I look at Zetterberg and Datsuk – in the sixth round, in the seventh round, and Thomas Holmstrom come the other night. He's 11. Now he's not a superstar, but he's a really good player that played a thousand games. So there are players throughout the draft. It's not a. It's not a. When you're drafting 18-year-old players, it's not a perfect science. So no doubt, we've got to get better, more better players, and 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 more players that have um, a bigger impact. Younger players pushing through the system. Now, you know how good can Mantha and, and Athanas see you and Larkin be? Time will tell. I don't know that it, we really knew how good Zetterberg and Datsuk were going to be when, you know, actually at, at, at Datsuk wasn't even, I, I don't even think in the NHL um, until he was like 22 or 23 years of age. So um, one of the things that, to, to your point, I think there was an, op- I use the word an opportunity at the trade deadline. We acquired a lot of uh, extra picks over the next two years. Um, um, it increases the odds of trying to find some players that can can really impact this franchise, this team uh, down the road. So, you know, I think I said to you yesterday, you know, it's hard to make the playoffs. There's 16 teams in the East, and three teams have made it two years in a row. The Rangers, um, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Now they made it more than two. Pittsburgh's a bunch of years, and Washington's a bunch of years. But the other 13 teams have either missed both years or made it one one of the two years. So. I understand when you look at the numbers under how hard it is to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm disappointed. My goal as we head into the summertime is try to look at this team, look at everything that goes on. I know Jeff Blaschel and the coaches, we got to make the team better individually, collectively. A lot of it's got to happen inside the room. What can we do outside the room from a trade standpoint, free agency? Uh, is there players in Grand Rapids that are going to go into a playoff series? Is there one or two players from Grand Rapids that can come up and start? Young players that maybe not are going to be stars, but are going to be young people that are going to, are going to get better and, and, and make the Detroit Red Wings. But certainly to your point, this year we have the uh, seventh odds um, going into the lottery. Um, and then we'll see where we pick once the lottery is over. But we need, we need, Lots of picks, and, 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 and have to, we have to turn some of these picks as we go forward into impact players. And you mentioned some of the young players, and a lot of fans out there, me included, you know, were kind of, I don't know, flummoxed by ice time for Athens CU, Mantha getting benched. Because to me, all right, the team probably won't make the playoffs. The young players, let them play, let them make the mistakes and things like that. Uh, the, whether it was just a blash or organizational decision, ice time, that kind of stuff, it, it didn't happen. Is there a reason for that, or is it just something a natural? Well, yeah, I mean, we make decisions for reasons. I, you know, first off, you know, when I hire a coach, whether I hired Jeff Blaschel, I hired Mike Babcock or Dave Lewis, and when I became manager, Scotty was already the coach, but you know, the, you got you got the coach's coach. You know, so I don't tell them what to do. You know, I certainly, as we go down the stretch, whether you're trying to make, fight for a playoff spot, or this year we were out, we talk on an everyday basis, and I'm aware of the decisions that are making and and uh, give my opinions. But ultimately, the coach has to make the final decisions. You know, I look at you know we go through each one. Athens, see you. We played average nine minutes a game last year. Uh, he had nine goals in the last half of the year. This year, he averaged 13 minutes a game. So, you know, we met with with Andreas yesterday. Certainly, the goal next year is that he's going to play um, 
more minutes, but he's got to come in and earn those minutes. And I think that in player development, you know, I, and I told a couple stories yesterday, you know, there's two philosophies, and I don't know that either. One philosophy is your philosophy. Just clear the deck, get rid of all the old players, just let all the young players go. And I think there's some organizations out there around the National Hockey League that have used that, that, that philosophy. The other, the other philosophy, which is my philosophy, is, you know, the veteran players are really important because they're role models, they're leaders, you know, the Zetterbergs, the Abdelkaders, the Cronwells, and even even as they, you know, the Maltbys and the Drapers, even up as they got longer in the tooth, they're still important in that locker room because they're, they're, they're there to, to support, to guide, to, to role model, to mentor those young players because they're really good. Those old players are really good pros. At the same time, those old pros they want to play hockey. They they want to they they want a paycheck. They they love to play hockey. That's how they became old pros. So they're there also to compete with those young players and to force those young players to dig in at practice, in the gym, on the ice. And and if they if they have a bad game or a bad shift or a stretch of bad games or a stretch of bad shifts, that's where the coach decides that he's going to take ice time away or or maybe sit them for a game as a message that they need to dig in harder because I think if you go to work every day for a long period of time and you can and you can work at 80 percent and there's no nobody there whether the coach or whether there's any competition to push to make you push to push harder there's a governor there and 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 and, and that I so again I think there's two philosophies and some organizations have just cleared the deck and turned it over to kids and and with mixed results sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't I think a lot of it has to do with the motor that the young person has, how, you know, different people have different motors and, and how hard they, how hard they push. And there's some, some young people that it's in there, but we need to drag it out to get them to compete harder. And I think that in the, you know, you look at Anthony Mance, I think that the two years that he spent in Grand Rapids um, was well served. And this year he scored eight goals, his first 11 games in Grand Rapids. And we, we called him up and uh, for a long stretch, he played with uh, Henrik Zetterberg and had a great run. And then as the year went on, um, Jeff Blaschel felt that he wanted the kids to kind of stand on their own feet a little bit and started to play some of the kids together and it worked a little bit. It didn't work. And then, and then, uh, he, you know, he, he chose to healthy scratch, uh, on occasion, uh, some of those young people, but I think it's part of the process is process and trying to get these young people to be the foundation, the core of this team when they're 25 years of age. You know, Athanasiu is 22, Mantha's 22, Larkin's 20. They still got lots of development to go. They're going to be really good players. Um, but I look, you know, if, um, unless you're Steve Eiserman and you're Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Patrick Liney and you hit the league at 19 and you're really good players. Most players need three, four, five years. And I look at Zetterberg and Datsuk as, as examples of that. They became Zetterberg and Datsuk when they were 24, 25, 26 years of age, not when they were 20 and 21 and 22. Ken Holland, the Red Wing general manager, is joining us here on 97.1 The Ticket. Kenny, we definitely appreciate your time this morning. A um, lot of questions are coming in over the ticket text, and we'll try to sift through those as much as we can. The, the most common one I'm seeing so far is, and I don't know you can't get specific on this, but your general philosophy heading into the expansion draft in terms of your goaltenders, in terms of how you're going to prepare for that, and is it an opportunity for you to maybe shed some of the larger contracts on your payroll? Uh, well, first off, we are going to protect seven, three, and one, seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. Um, 
I think we have a big decision to make in 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 goal. Obviously, we've got a young goaltender that's uh, Peter, that's 25 years of age, that's uh, showed flashes of brilliance, and uh, still, you know, as a young young player, what we what we just talked about here a couple of minutes ago with our young forwards, you know, their their play goes up and down, and we got a veteran guy that uh, I thought he had a great year, and unfortunately. Um, Got hurt and missed 37 games, which I think had a, had an impact on uh, you know on our on our season. Um, I'm certainly hoping it's an opportunity. I'm going to work the phones hard. Uh, I'm sure everybody in the league's going to work the phones hard. All 30 teams um, leading up to the expansion draft. I, I would anticipate the the last seven or ten days leading up to, the, to when we got to submit our lists that there's going to be lots of conversation. Um, hoping that uh, there's a fit out there where we can make a move that will make our team uh, different or better. Obviously, don't really know until um, uh, work the phones. You know, you're always looking to upgrade it. There's lots of players out there that can play on our team, but and I say our team, many teams. But can they can they can they upgrade? Can they can they change your team? Can they make your team? So when you pay a price, uh, you got to believe that. The, the, the player you're bringing in is going to not just play in your team and you know you're just switching one piece for another piece and and uh, you know if you look around the NHL um, you know you look last year at free agency you know 30 31 year old player signing six and seven year contracts it really is the industry norm so you know you when you only look at one team you know I look at 30 teams every day there's lots of players in the league on all the teams that have five, six, seven year contract. And there's more coming. There's that's, that's what the players want. And they're, they're, they're freer at a younger age. Uh, and there's not enough of them. So if you want to get, if, if you want to get into the, the, the if you want to get players, you got to be prepared to give term knowing that at the back end, you might pay the price. That's, that's really, and if you're not prepared to pay the price, you're not going to be in the game. So, uh, you know, if you look at our team, you, you might think that we've got some, you know, I've heard bad contracts. I think every team or almost every team in the league has bad contracts. That's, that's, that's why it's, that's, 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 that's why there's parity out there. It's just, it's, uh, there's, there's 30 teams now going to be 31 and there's, there's not enough uh, really, uh, really good players or those really good players command long-term deals and, and, uh, and not only really good players, NHL players, you know, they're 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 legitimate everyday NHL players. You've got to be prepared to pay the price to keep them, or they've got options to go elsewhere. Where is the uh, the hope, the young hope on, on? We talked about the forwards on defense because the defense was obviously pretty disappointing this season. Well, first off, I would say Stoney, you know, if you're look, top three four defensemen, you got a draft in most cases. It, and if and those top three defensemen that become available by trade or if they happen to hit the open market, there's a whole bunch of teams that are in the mix in pursuit of those of those players. Um, where the hope is, it's probably started the whole, you know, Billy Sariarvi, a third round pick is playing in Mississauga right now, played on the finished team. Uh, he's an undersized defenseman, but he's, he can run a power play. Uh, he's competitive. He, he needs to get stronger, but he certainly is a prospect. Uh, Chalowski, our first pick, Hironic, our second pick. Uh, we've got six picks in the first three rounds this year. We've got to pick some defensemen. As part of those six picks next year, we got a first round pick in two seconds, and 
and a third of we we've got to, so the, the, you've got to draft it for the most part you've got to you've got to draft it and I think you and I have talked we we've, we've drafted a number of defensemen through the years um some of them are on the team now they can play in the NHL but I think you're talking high impact players and I think that 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 we we hit on some defensemen uh, through the years and high impact and you know, we ended up trading uh, three first-round picks for a 37-year-old Chris Chelios at a time when we felt that that was a missing piece to try to go on another run. But it's a different time. 37-year-olds defenseman, you don't you don't pay that price, and probably it's even hard to play in the league at, at that time. So um, we got work to do. We've got we've got work to do. That's what we have talked here in the last question about the expansion draft. Certainly, I'm going to ex- explore the uh, work the phones to see. Um, if teams out there have issues and on, on the back end and um, are looking to do something. So, so, so people, so just, just to clear this up, you're willing, teams are willing basically to give up draft picks, hoping that Las Vegas takes a particular player to get them off your payroll. Correct. I'm not sure what the philosophy of Las Vegas is. Certainly I hear that floated out there. I don't know what George McPhee and his staff are thinking they obviously are going to have to they get they're going to pick one player off of every team right. so they're going to end up with 30 players um you got to believe that half to two-thirds of those players are going to be players that are going to actually going to be on their team because they've got to field the team I, I don't think they can trade all those 30 assets now will they look to move you know a, a small number of those those 30 assets um in order to get futures um I don't know. That's that, it, possibly, possibly. Lot of lot but of again, questions. But again, and Stoney, the other thing is again, you, you know, and we'll bring it back to the Detroit Red Wings. Do, if we've got a contract, do you do you? Re, I don't believe that we want to trade valuable future assets to try to move a contract that you think or I might think that are that is 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 a bad is a, is a bad contract we're hoping to use those valuable future assets whether they're young players or they're or they're relatively high draft picks that we're going to use those or those players are going to eventually impact this team 3 and 4 years down the road I'm trying to make decisions to I want to get back in the playoff mix next year I want I I want to I want I think I certainly and there was some questions yesterday at that um Presser, uh, but one question was about should we should we um, rebuild? You know, explode the team up, rebuild. It's 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 it's. It, I believe it's a long process, but there's no guarantee on the other end because there's teams that have been in this league for a long time and haven't won a cup and maybe not even cup contenders. So you've also got to fall right so that you get a superstar. And if you so in the short term, in the short term, I want to try to see if we can make our team better to compete and get into the playoff spot. And five teams that made it last year are out, and five teams that were out are in. I'm hoping that we're one of the out and are back in. At the same time, we got more draft picks. we got to try to hang on to our young players, make our young players better with the goal down the road. You know, we we got to fi- find some high-impact players, whether it's high in the draft or later in the draft, and, and, then, and then try to make a trade, you know, when we were good, Marion Hosa decided to come here, and Dominic Hasek decided to come here. We're going into a brand new arena. We've got, we've got, we're an original six team. 
we got the greatest fans in the world. We got we got the greatest owners in the league. And you got to believe that if we do our work and we draft and we develop, and some of these young players start to hit the team and they start to get better, um, and then that's how things happen. 10 and 15 years ago. It's a little different time right now because of the salary cap and everything that goes on. Players are free agents younger. They get locked up by other teams younger through all their, through all their prime years. Nobody's taken a risk. Less high-impact players are hitting the market via trade. But, but we've got to try to make sure that we hang on to our assets for the future. That's how we're going to wake up. The Red Wings are going to wake up one day and be a real legitimate high-end elite elite team it can't be by trading assets now to try to shed a contract what does that do ken we really appreciate it ken holland joining us here on the troy laser hotline appreciate so much time this morning and uh, good luck this off season we'll be talking to you soon i'm sure thanks, thanks so Kenny. much thanks guys thank you ken holland the red wing general manager joining us right here on 97 won the tickets